Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. showdown as always did not disappoint as texas and oklahoma give us a four overtime thriller down there in the cotton bowl kansas state gets a victory over tcu but skylar thompson now officially ruled out for the season so it is up to will howard a true freshman quarterback for the wildcats to step up and take charge of his team and of course iowa state beats up on texas tech up there in ames iowa on saturday welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast i am your host Ryan Gilbert. This is your home for everything Big 12. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. Stay up to date with everything going on around the Big 12 with the latest updates, highlights, scores, predictions. Everything is there on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. Getting right into things here, though, we've got three games to digest from this past weekend in the Big 12. Of course, we've got West Virginia, Baylor, KU, and Oklahoma State all on by from this past weekend. Oklahoma State and Baylor, well, they're going to get another bye as that game coming up on Saturday has been postponed. So this is this is crazy to say. We've got one game coming up, and knock on wood that this one doesn't get postponed. One game coming up on Saturday, and that is, unfortunately, Kansas and West Virginia. And I, I say, unfortunately, that's going to be a blowout. West Virginia, I think, in all likelihood, is just going to run KU out of there. So I mean, we, we're not going to be previewing really at all here on the show today. We're going to try something a little bit uh, different here. We're going to go through um, and, and rank each teams, uh, each of the 10 teams here in the Big 12 Conference. Um, I do a thing called the 10 of 12 Top 10 over on GoPowerCat.com. comes out every Monday morning, um, and it goes through and ranks each of our 10 teams in the Big 12. But I think here today for the second half of the show, we'll go ahead and, and kind of give you know my reasons, my explanations as to why I have the teams where I do. Um, but before we get into the second half of the show, um, we'll be recapping basically the three games we had this past weekend. Um, Will Howard, we'll talk about him, K-State, Skylar Thompson, all that, all that quarterback stuff we've got going on with Thompson being out for the season. We'll also get to that there um, in the second half of the show. I want to keep the focus on TCU and Kansas State. Um, I, I want to talk about that game, and then we'll switch gears later on and talk about Will Howard specifically um, and, and his role as quarterback at Kansas State. But before we do that, we'll talk about Oklahoma State, pardon me, Oklahoma and Texas. The Red River Showdown did not disappoint. I mean, it seems like it is always, 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 always a thriller down there in the Cotton Bowl. Certainly this year did not disappoint. It looked like Texas was down and out of this game. Um, you know, we're gonna, everyone's talking about they were down by two touchdowns with, what, four minutes to go. But you go da- back, what, two minutes before that of game time, It was I think it was six minutes left, maybe even five, Ellinger throws an interception in the end zone. I mean, at that point, the game was just totally over. There's no way in, in, in God's earth that, that Texas is going to come back in this game. Sure enough, they do. They force overtime. Oklahoma, though, is able to outlast Longhorns. There's a lot to talk about with this game. I mean, 
I, I don't. The biggest. I think the biggest takeaway was Spencer Rattler. I think he played well, um, especially after coming back into the game. He got benched early on. Um, I guess I shouldn't say early on, but when you had a game as long as this one, I think it's fair to say that. But it was in the second quarter. Um, Rattler's benched, and then he comes back and he really. Um, he made some almost. I mean, Mahomes. He Mahomes like plays. Um, they weren't. You know, he's not going to be as good as Mahomes, but you know, he made some good plays. And I give him. I give him credit. He is not an elite quarterback in the Big Twelve. He's not elite in any. You know, definition. He's he's not a great quarterback. He's pretty good. Um, you know, I've been very critical of him here on the podcast. But El, but um, Ellinger didn't do good. We'll get to that in a minute. But but Rattler did fine. I think Rattler did enough. Um, you know, there were turnovers, fumbles, you know, block. This was a crazy game, crazy game all around. But I give Rattler credit. He's not, a, he's not amazing. I, you know, he's still a freshman. I'm not trying to be critical of the young man. Um, but the way he played on Saturday definitely impressed me. After watching him against Kansas State, I was like, mm, this, this guy's not good. Uh, the, the same kind of issue took place, though, with what happened, you know, simply speaking with Oklahoma and Kansas State. They were up big. You know, fourth quarter, and then they kind of get complacent, let their foot off the gas, and then K State ultimately won that game against Oklahoma. But same thing happened here against Texas. Obviously, Oklahoma was able to escape there with a win, but you know they just got too comfortable. You know, kind of put on cruise control there at the end, and they're fortunate to escape there with a win. As for Texas, man, you know Sam Ellinger, I just, it, it really drives me nuts. And me and my roommate, we were talking about this. It just it is insane how you know the you know I'm watching the pregame on Fox. Um, all the national media guys who you know obviously do no homework on on anything in the Big 12 or, or Texas or Oklahoma, all they can say Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger. Oh, they're going to win this game because they got an elite quarterback, Sam Ellinger. I mean, it, it's like it's just annoying how much hype he gets around his name. Okay, he's not that good. Same thing goes. This happened a few weeks ago. I ranted about Spencer Rattler. Okay, I could do it all again, but I'm not. But you know, same thing goes for Rattler and Ellinger. They're overrated quarterbacks. They're nothing special. They are middle-of-the-pack average teams in the Big 12 Conference. And this is also what bugs me. Okay, national media are saying that the Big 12 is not good this year simply because Oklahoma and Texas aren't good. That's not true. Okay, just because the, you know, traditionally the two best teams are, yes, Texas and Oklahoma, just because they're not good this year doesn't mean it's a bad conference. Okay, Oklahoma State's looked pretty good. They haven't even had Spencer Sanders. Kansas State and Iowa State, they're 3-0 in Big 12 play. They're looking good. I mean, Iowa State, as much as I hate to say it, they're looking pretty good up there in Ames. Kansas State's 3-0. They're going to have some tests coming up, you know, with, without, 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 without Skylar Thompson, if I, if I can talk today. They're going to have their tests, but it still is going to be a fun season, regardless of if Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, you know, whoever comes out on top, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Oklahoma and Texas are not the quote-unquote best teams in the Big 12. It's still... A competitive league year in and year out. Same thing goes for basketball. I know KU is obviously always winning the conference, it seems like, but that doesn't mean this isn't a competitive league. And it drives me bananas when people try to say that it's not good simply because Texas and Oklahoma aren't good this year. It, it really, really bugs me. Uh, I, I mean, th- th- this game, though, I, I know it's pretty pretty bland to say this, but it really was entertaining. Um, you watch the first half. You, I mean, you watch the first three and a half quarters. You're thinking, wow. I mean, it was in the back of my mind lurking like, okay, is Texas going to come back and, and do what they've been doing and make these games games when they're not even games anymore? They force it to overtime. And, and, and I think it's an interesting um, topic here. Me and some of my buddies, you know, we're watching this game, and we kind of had a little bit of a debate, you know, a discussion 
about whether you know who who should have got the ball first in you know in overtime. And I you know Texas is offense. I wouldn't even say Texas is offense. I would say Oklahoma's defense was very depleted. Okay, I wouldn't even say depleted. I would say they were exhausted, tired, fatigued. You know, they were beat down. You could easily tell that once Texas scored that touchdown to make it a you know a seven point game there in the fourth quarter. You were if you're an Oklahoma fan, you were getting very nervous. I can guarantee you at that point because because then. If they got the ball back, they're going to score. Because Oklahoma's defense was very, very, very exhausted. So, of course, we, you know, Texas, with what, 20 seconds left in the game, forces overtime. And, and then you see Oklahoma go back, put their defense right back on the field, man. You know, if you're, if you're Lincoln Riley, why are you doing that? And, and I understand this is, you know, it's like baseball. You want to bat second, you want to know. What the other team does, so that you, you know, if there is a fourth down, you don't necessarily have to gamble. If you get the ball in the first overtime, you're you're, you're definitely 100. That is a gamble on fourth down. If you get the ball in the second overtime, you know exactly what you need on fourth down. So I get it. I really do. I, I 100 get it. That nine times out of ten, you want to take the ball second in overtime. I would say 95 times out of 100, it, almost always you want that. But at that at that point in time, you want the football. Not only because your defense is depleted and tired and exhausted, but also because Sam Ellinger and that offense was clicking. You don't want to, you know, to keep giving them more confidence with the football. Of course, they go out and score, but then you get the ball back um, in the second half of the first overtime, and then you match them. So I give them credit. And the thing that worked out so well for for Oklahoma here um, is that after they score that, then you've got some time to really. Uh, give your defense a break, a, a serious break, because you've got the second half of the first overtime, and then you've got the first half of the second overtime, if that makes sense. So in real time, that was probably, I don't know, 15 or so minutes, and that's a pretty good break for the defense. Obviously, they came out, they gave up another touchdown. So, uh, you know, it, you can point fingers all day long. There's, there's, there's good arguments for both sides if you should take the ball first or second. I think in this situation, in this football game, based on how uh, that offense was starting to click, and how Oklahoma's defense was starting to get really, you know, demolished and and uh, fatigued out there. I think you've got to give the football to your offense, and it just, you know, simply to give your defense a break. Also to stop, you know, the Texas offense. But still, hindsight's twenty twenty. Oklahoma wins the football game, so I really don't even know why I'm spending so much time discussing this. Quite honestly, because they won the football game. It's not like I'm trying to be critical of them. They won the game. I think I think Lincoln Riley did a fine job overall coaching this game. Um, I think that's something that I, I, I think is something to think about, though, moving forward. When uh, an overtime period comes, do you want to start off with the football or not? It's always um, a tough decision. I know usually conventional wisdom tells you to go with it uh, on defense first, but, I mean, in a situation like this, I think you want to keep your defense off the field for as long as you can. Overall, the football game, though, I mean, you, you go on to the third overtime. <laughs> I mean, this was, so this was a three-point spread, three-and-a-half, three-point spread, depending where you, your bookie was and stuff like that. Texas is going to go up three points with a field goal, right? And then they miss it. So if you're Oklahoma, I mean, if you took Oklahoma or even or Texas for that matter, you're thinking, well, you know, once Oklahoma started getting conservative and complacent and it, they made it clear that they were going to kick a field goal, you're thinking, wow, this game is just going to be a push. After all that, you know, it's going to be a push. And if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're thinking, wow, I could have had so much money won if the game, if they didn't choke it away at the end of the you know, regulation, but at the same time, man, I don't want to lose this money. So if we, if it's a three-point win for Oklahoma, fine, it's a push. If you're a Texas fan, you know, oh, 
that could have been a lot worse, you know. So you're thinking the game is over, and this is what kind of bugs me. Hindsight's twenty twenty again here, um, and I would criticize Lincoln Riley on th- on this. I really do because it did have an impact. Um, going for the field goal on second down, and I believe Rattler just kind of went to the to spot of the field where the kicker would be comfortable, and just slid down, took a knee. Um, it's second down, man. And, and I know that you don't want to risk a fumble, okay? I played football, what, one year in my life <laughs> in eighth grade, so I don't know what's on about the schematics and, and the play calling and stuff, but I at least know that. I get it. You don't, I, I know that you don't want to fumble. You don't want to risk it, but at the same time, think about a fumbled snap on the hold. The hold could be bad. The kick, like we saw, could be shanked towards the left. So many things can go wrong on field goals as well. So I understand if you want to be ultra conservative and you do not want to risk a fumble at all. If you're if you're if you're Riley, put in your most experienced running back, the running back you have the most you know faith and trust in. Put him in, two hands on the football, and just tell him do not fumble the ball. Try to gain some yardage because a touchdown would win us the game, but just try to gain some yardage. Do not fumble the ball. Instead, Lincoln Riley didn't do that. He went with the field goal. Of course, they miss it. And then you go to a fourth overtime. And if Oklahoma would have lost that game, I think a lot of blame could have been placed on Lincoln Riley. Not only for that, the field goal call, but also the um, the decision to take the ball second in overtime. But Dicker, the kicker, he missed a field goal, so <laughs> it was just a crazy game overall. But man, I mean, you've got to be better. You've you've got you've got you've got to try to score the touchdown, man. If you don't get it, fine. Then you settle for the field goal. But Oklahoma had. Two more plays on second down and third down. Those could have easily busted out for touchdowns. Easily. Because you know Texas is bringing everyone. They're bringing the guns. They're blitzing everyone. They're probably going engage eight, you know. They're bringing everyone. Try to find a hole and get the touchdown. Win the game. Put it away right there. Do not even rely on a kicker. And I know that <laughs> I know that your kicker's good. He didn't miss a field goal last season. I know Dicker's great for Texas. I get that. Kicker, I just overall, man, Oklahoma gets the win. Um, and I, I think it was pretty clear once they scored the touchdown and got the two-point conversion, then the momentum was really shifting for the Sooners. Ellinger made a bad throw, threw the interception, and that game was over. So, I mean, it seriously was one of the best games we've seen all year. But if this was not Texas-Oklahoma, let's say this was TCU-Kansas State, for example, from last weekend, nobody in the media would be talking about it um, after this weekend because of the name on the front of the jersey. That's just the fact. I mean, it was a great game. I 100% loved watching this every moment of it. It was seriously a good game. I missed the first, um, I don't know, 10 minutes or so of maybe five minutes of the K-State game um, in game time because I was like, I don't want to turn this off. My roommates went ahead and, and turned on the Cats game, but I was like, no, I'm watching this Oklahoma game, baby. This is awesome. So a good win for Oklahoma, um, and this is what you wanted around the Big 12. If you're a fan of Kansas State, Iowa State, any of those teams, Oklahoma State, who is competing for the top of the league, this is what you wanted. you got both teams now sitting at one and two. And it's going to be very hard for them to come back and catch up in this Big 12 race. Can they do it? Sure. But if, if, if Texas wins this game, they're two and one. Pardon, pardon me, they're going to be two and one. Yeah, they're two and one. Sorry. They're going to be two and one. Oklahoma's going to be oh and three. So Oklahoma's out. Like, they're gone. But then Texas is still going to be very prevalent. They're still going to be overrated because they beat Oklahoma. Whatever. They're still going to be ranked probably, which is ridiculous. They were even ranked last week. But thank God both teams are out of the the top 25 this week, but you know you know what I mean. If Texas wins this game, they're 2-1. They're going to continue to get that unbelie- unbelievable hype because they're Texas, 
and then uh, they're not a bad team. They would have a they would have a chance to to run up and compete for the Big Twelve. Now that they're both one and two, I see that uh, that possibility for either of them um, in contention for the Big Twelve. I, I see that very that that the possibility of that happening is very low. So. Around the Big 12, this is what you wanted. You got both teams sitting at one and two after three games. I don't think anyone expected that. Um, unless you're an Oklahoma or Texas fan, this has gotta. Um, <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be a good feeling to see these two teams um, with some struggles. Obviously, we're hoping that they're um, gonna get better. But still, this was a fun game. Gus Johnson was on the call. Um, it was good to have Gus Johnson with some real energy. He, it felt like that pre-COVID Gus Johnson that we know and love. Uh, I th- I think the um, limited crowds or even no crowds at all has had an impact on uh, on Gus Johnson's enthusiasm during the football games. But uh, it was good to have Gus Johnson behind the mic. Couldn't have done better. Obviously, it was just a fun game overall. Um, you know the overtimes. You know Texas. I mean Oklahoma absolutely choked this game. Texas came back. Um, Oklahoma choked. They get the win. You know Rattler being benched. There's a lot of stuff that you could talk about with this game. Um, last thing real quick though I tweeted this out and this was just absolutely priceless man and I, I know I could be negative on Ellinger on here all I want but I, I, th- I think most people around the Big 12 know Ellinger's overrated sure he's a fine quarterback he's can, you know, he can use his legs I get that Thirty for he, he threw the ball 53 times though and I know he had 4 overtimes but he only had 287 yards and then he only had 30 completions on, on those so but you know, we, me and my roommate we're talking about just how overrated Ellinger is, and it was it was literally overthrow after overthrow after overthrow for Ellinger. And if you watch this game, <laughs> especially in the first half, you knew that Ellinger made some bad plays. And uh, my roommate Watson was my my roommate my roommate Watson here doesn't know hardly anything about the Big Twelve. He's a, he played football at Rockhurst. He's been a football guy his whole life. He knows a lot about the sport. But he's a business major. He's kind of got his, his priorities set on that. He doesn't watch many sports. So certainly he didn't really know anything about either team. He didn't even know who Ellinger was. And we're watching the game. We're talking about Ellinger. And, you know, he's kind of just sitting there observing. And then out of nowhere, it, it's it's quiet after Ellinger overthrows a receiver. And he's just like, this guy's, so this guy's supposed to be good? <laughs> and we just all are dying, cracking up, absolutely priceless there. This guy's supposed to be good. <laughs> I mean, it's you can't make that stuff up. I mean, I mean, sure you can, but Ellinger's not good. You know, someone who's watching him for the first time ever is like, why? What? This guy's getting all the hype. I mean, I can see it with Rattler. He's kind of got a lot of flashiness to him. He made some good acrobatic throws. I'm okay with that. Ellinger though, really gets under my skin when they try to hype him up. He is not a good quarterback. He's mediocre at best, in the Big 12 Conference. That'll, that'll wrap things up there for Oklahoma and Texas. Quite the game down there in the Cotton Bowl, 53-45 to 45 the final. And we'll move on here to K-State and TCU. Um, a good win for Kansas State, man. Um, no one exp- I, I guess I shouldn't say no one, because a lot of K-State fans were pretty optimistic uh, as the Cats head down to Fort Worth. And I was not one of those people. Um, I was pretty confident that Thompson wasn't going to play in this game. Um, yesterday, we, we heard that, that, that Kleiman announced that Thompson would have been out for the season. So at the time, we didn't necessarily know, but we kind of knew, but we didn't have any official word. But, you know, with Howard being in there, I did not see Kansas State having much of a chance at all in this game. Um, and I know that I, I, on Go Power Cat, a lot of people are kind of upset with me. I can't make it 
any clearer that I'm not trying to be critical of Howard. I'm not trying to point my finger at him. I'm not, I'm not trying to say any of that, okay? He's young. I'm not trying to blame him for a single mistake he makes, okay? I can't make that any clearer. I'm not trying to be critical of the young man at all. He got roped into this situation as a, a true freshman, right? Now they're 3-0, and he's now with the starter <laughs> for Kansas State, okay? I'm not trying to blame him at all. But at the same time, he's got to be better. He's got to be better. And if you want to argue that he was good, I'll argue with that's We can argue that all day. But I don't want anyone to say, oh, why are you being so critical? I'm not being critical of him. I'm just, I'm, I'm just observing what I saw on the field in Fort Worth on, on Saturday. That's what I'm saying here. He needs to be better. We'll talk about that, though. That, that's, we'll put a pin on that thought. We'll talk about Howard coming up in the second half of the show. As for this game... With TCU and Kansas State, though, okay, I this was not a pretty game for Kansas State. I'm sorry it wasn't. I mean, you got seven points simply off of a pick six from A.J. Parker. Um, Duggan goes down. He's injured half the game. I wouldn't say half the game for a chunk of the game for TCU, so that doesn't help, right? Uh, you know, and you take away Howard's 80-yard run, K-State really didn't do much. And, I, I again, I I mean, he, he had 86 yards on the ground. Of course, 80 of those, I believe, were on one play early on in the game. So I'm not trying to be critical of this team. But at the same time, it's going to be, I th- in, my, in my mind, it's going to be a long season without, Will How- without Skylar Thompson and having Will Howard at the quarterback position. The officiating in this game was atrociously, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I should say bad. I really don't know if I should say bad because I'm not a rules expert, okay? I can sit here and think that this, you know, this will be the call, and then they'll change the call and say this or that, whatever. Um, but you, you know, you look at Sammy Wheeler's catch. If you're a K-State fan, you watch this game. You'll you'll remember this. He he catches the ball, takes two steps, hits the ground, and then the ball pops out. They call it a catch on the field. And with a naked eye, watching the game, everyone that I was watching was with, we were all in agreement that yes, this is a catch. He caught the ball. He made a play, and the ground knocked it out after he was marked down. And, and and like I said, the call on the field was a catch. 99 times out of 100, this will stand, no matter what the call is. Okay, if they called it incomplete, I don't think you can complain too much if you're a K-State fan if they overturn it and call it, If it, pardon me, if it just stands incomplete. Okay, you can't be mad about that. But the fact that they called this a catch... And then they and then they overturn it and say he dropped it. I mean, what in the world? That was a good catch for Sammy Wheeler. Okay, we go back to early on in the first half. Our Darius Washington, a safety for TCU, he's ejected, and that's a big that's a big storyline in itself. He's one of their best players on defense, their best safety on the team. He's ejected in the first quarter um, for a hit on on Deuce Vaughn. Go back and watch this replay. This is the worst rule in football. At, period. I'm not a rules expert, so did the officials make the correct call here? I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not going to speculate on that. But what I will say, it's ridiculous that this guy, Washington, who I'm not going to lie, I don't really know anything about him other than he's a good defensive player, a very good defensive player for TCU. He got robbed of, of a football game on Saturday. And if you're a K-State fan, you might disagree with that. Look, watch the replay. Deuce Vaughn, the ball hits his body or his arms or whatever, and then Washington lowers his shoulder, or arms, or forearms, one of the three, 
and then hits Vaughn up on the shoulder pads. And the officials review it. He's gone. He's gone for the game because after, after, not before, if it's before, I totally get it. After Deuce Vaughn makes contact with the football, he lights him up. He decks him. He got him good. <laughs> I mean, snaps for this guy, Washington. He got him good. He got him great. He made a great play on the football. And in my mind, that is totally legal. And I looked up on, on Washington's Twitter account here before we recorded here. Um, he, he didn't say anything. There was zero apology. There was zero, you know, nothing. There was only one thing that he um, has, has posted on Twitter since the football game. And it was a retweet of someone saying that the call was bullshit. And I totally agree. I mean, this guy got robbed of his game. And TCU, this is a big loss for them, okay? I know that you can put a lot more blame on TCU's offense or lack of offense there because the TCU defense did great. They only held them to 14 points, right? Seven points are are gone because that was K-State's defense, right? 14 points. TCU's defense still did their job, but think if they had Washington in that game. I mean, that was a terrible call in my mind, okay? If it was the right rule, sure, that's fine. I don't get. I don't. I don't care. After after you make contact with the football, you deserve to get lit up. That's Howard's fault for making that throw. Don't have Howard setting him up to get blasted by a defender. Okay, that's the worst rule in football. I get it. If you hit the helmet, if you hit him before there's contact, you know we saw that in the, in the OU game. Texas, I think it was Texas getting ready to catch a punt, and <laughs> here comes one of the Oklahoma players just blasting through before you know. The dude's even caught the punt, so that was funny. I'm not trying to say that, okay? If there's any sort of malicious, dirty hit towards the head, you know, we look at Trent Green, you know, where where they're sliding, the quarterback is sliding, and then they get hit as they're already on the ground. Okay, those are fine. Those are dirty. There's no place for that in football. That is unnecessary roughness, okay? But this play from Adarius Washington was fine. There is nothing wrong with that. I'm not – I'm with him. That was BS. That was BS, that he got thrown out of that game. That's only call number two that I have, though. Uh, you got White Hubert, the last play of the game. Well, it should have been the last play of the game. Howard, uh, pardon me, White Hubert, Max Duggan, I don't know, less than a second, maybe half a second after the ball leaves his hands. Hubert just gives him a shove. Something that happens every time a quarterback throws the football. It's dropped. The, the ball doesn't even get to the end zone, so game's over. But nope, we got a flag. Hubert's called for, oh, what was he even called for? I don't know. They took away the uh, the targeting, but they still called un- unnecessary roughness, which gave TCU 15 yards, I believe is what it was. Again, I'm not Mike Pereira. I'm not a rules expert. But TCU got basically an actual chance to, to tie this game up and go to overtime. Okay, the play before that, like I said, Duggan didn't even get this ball to the end zone. So they had no chance. But they get a, a free play after that, an untimed down, right? You can't lose the game on... A defensive penalty, but you can lose it on an offensive penalty, right? So they can't lose the game because the foul's on Hubert. So they get a, they get a chance to actually go to overtime because how uh, Duggan was able to get it to the end zone. Of course, it doesn't. It's not caught or anything, but still, that was a terrible call against White Hubert. It wasn't even a second after Duggan threw the ball, and this happens. Like I said, every play, this happens. If the quarterback is involved throwing the ball. Every play, there's a little shove. Okay, the officiating in this game was just super inconsistent. Um, it, it doesn't make sense what's going on. Football's becoming too soft. Football 
is becoming too soft. Okay, it's football. It's not cheerleading. It's not soccer where you can, you know, have a piece of dust land on your ankle and act like you, you got to go to the ER and, and cry about it. You know, soccer's acting. That's not football. Football is not about faking injuries and, and, and complaining and whining and laying on the ground and begging for calls. That's not football. That's soccer. I hate soccer. Football is about being a man. Okay? If you get lit up and you're injured, that's fine. I'm not trying to say don't. <laughs> we saw what happened with Dak Prescott on Sunday. Okay? You're hurt. You're hurt. Right? If you're hurt, you are hurt. Right? But all this whining and complaining and the soft rules, like I said, hits to the head, you know, un- the unnecessary plays, totally I get that. But that call on Hubert, that call on Washington, the drop pass call on Sammy Wheeler, just complete nonsense. I don't understand these Big 12 refs. Okay? I feel like I spent a lot of time <laughs> talking about that. Um, back to the game here, though. You know, Kansas State, net, they didn't do a lot to win this game. You know, like I said, you know, A.J. Parker had his pick six. If that's off the board, it's a tie game. We're going to overtime, realistically speaking, okay? At the same time, I'll be fair. You, you know, Blake Lynch missed a field goal, so K-State could have had three more points. I'll be fair in saying that. But this was not a matter of Kansas State propelling and excelling above TCU. This game was a matter of TCU just not playing good. They, they did not play good. This was probably the worst game on the season. Um, you, you know, Duggan, take, he took a huge step back for TCU. Um, we saw them compete with Iowa State, and once Duggan went into that game against the Cyclones, it looked like TCU 100% would have won the game if Duggan was the quarterback all game long. Of course, next week they go out and beat Texas on the road. Momentum was really, really rolling for, for TCU. And then, of course, it all comes to a stop. It's halted as TCU falls to Kansas State 21-14 down there in Fort Worth. I mean, that's kind of all that I've got jotted down. I know I've spent a ton of time on these officials, but some of those calls were just annoying me, to say the least. And hopefully you you can see that with how angry I am. Um, you know, I, w- I want to be fair. You know, you've got Lynch, you missed a field goal, but, but at the same time, you know, take away the pick six in the 80-yard run. Howard really didn't do much to, um, you know, to lead his team to victory. Okay, he made the plays, the conservative calling. We'll get to that here on the second half of the show. The conservative calling was able to get them a win, but uh, I, you know it's it's tough. We'll we'll talk about that later. Um, that's pretty much all we've got for uh, for that game. Last game, real quick here: Iowa State, Texas Tech. Not a lot to say here um, about this one. Thirty-one fifteen, the final up there in Ames. We'll talk about the power rankings here in the Big Twelve on the second half of the show. Um, so we'll talk about where Iowa State kind of stands after this one. Um, but as for the game, I mean. Tech, Tech did a good – I mean, this game looked like it could have been a game. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't. Um, but, it, I mean, technically speaking, it was a two-score game, 31-15, um, when it was all said and done. But Texas Tech got off to a hot start. They block a field goal, return it to the house. So Texas Tech was actually up 7-0 early on. Iowa State, of course, was able to be cool and you know and composed and, and recover from that and, and come back and win it in pretty, you know, pretty easy, easily, easy fashion – um, so Matt Campbell, I, it's tough to to buy into that. You know, Brocktober, the hype with Brock Purdy, it is very hard to buy into it. But I'm I'm starting to buy some stock here if I'm investing in the Big 12. I think Iowa State's got a good chance to make a run. We'll get to where they stand though in the second half of the show. There, you know, there's really not much to say about this game. Texas Tech sitting there at the bottom. Um, you can't expect too much from that Red Raider team. So we'll get to kind of where Iowa State stands though. 
in the second half of the show. So, of course, Texas and OU, the thriller there in the Cotton Bowl, 53-45. Oklahoma gets the win. Kansas State and TCU, 21-14 the final as the Horn Frogs fall to Chris Kleiman and his Wildcats. And then Iowa State and Texas Tech, 31-15. It was a fun weekend. We only had three games, but it did not disappoint as it was a great day. October 10th, and today, right now, as I'm recording, this is 10-12, so what a holiday, you know, for the 10-12 podcast, but uh, we'll take a quick break here and be back for some more talking uh, about where these teams kind of stand in the Big 12, as well as some discussion on Will Howard and how Kansas State stands moving forward in the Big 12 conference. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Going to be talking some Will Howard, uh, Skylar Thompson, Kansas State quarterback uh, injury situation, whatever you want to call it. Um, we'll be talking about that for Kansas State. We'll also be talking some Big 12 power rankings, as well as a very, very brief uh, preview of West Virginia and Kansas, I, I really don't know what to say about this one. I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, at least spend 20 seconds previewing this game. But, you know, you've got Oklahoma State-Baylor postponed. Um, and, and real quick there, that is kind of an issue, though. Okay, Baylor, this is, this, 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 is, this is not Oklahoma State's fault. This is Baylor's fault for the postponement. You know, they suspended football activities last week. So this didn't come as much of a shock, um, if we're being quite honest. It's rescheduled for later in the season. Um, which the Big 12 has done a good job with, you know, getting those tentative makeup dates in there. So it's not going to, you know, mess up everything. You look at the National Football League, they've got some problems because they've only got one bye week built in. And this is, it's just a problem waiting to happen because you've got the Titans, you know, the Broncos, you know, the Patriots, all these teams that are having these positive tests um, kind of break out throughout their locker rooms. You've got a problem when you only have one bye week built in. That's a huge problem for the National Football League. But the Big 12... And, you know, not only the Big 12, the NCAA college athlete, athletics, they've done a good job of kind of handling this. Um, but at the same time, I, I think you, you've got a very good reason to be upset if you are Oklahoma State. You, you just want to play some football. You've played three games only. I mean, 
yeah, I guess they, you know, some teams have played four, but it, it feels like we haven't really gotten to see the real Oklahoma State at all because Spencer Sanders hasn't been in. Um, you have, you know, a game versus Kansas that just wasn't really entertaining at all. And then you got Tulsa and West Virginia. It, it, we just, it wasn't that, we didn't get to see the real Oklahoma State. And it's going to be at least one more week before we get to do so. Um, get to see them. So, you know, I, I'm not pointing fingers at Baylor. I'm not upset with them. Um, but I think looking forward, man, you've got to do a little bit of, I don't know, investigation or a little research or I don't even know what the right word is here that I'm searching for. But look into it. You know, if you're the Big 12, look into it. Did, did Baylor break any rules, yeah, any protocols, uh, any any anything like that? Okay. Obviously, these guys are living their lives. They're going to class. You know, they've got to get food. They've got to go to the grocery store. They've, they've got to do things. I get that. So they could contract it anywhere. But if there were any rules being broken, any protocols being broken, then, you know, look into it. And, 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 and this is what's, you know, frustrating. Instead of in, – in, 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 in the NFL, why, instead of rearranging all these games, why not just give the Titans a loss? Because, I mean, unless they got a very bad case of the COVID, they're not doing something right in Tennessee. But, I mean, that's kind of a, apart from the point here. Um you can think whatever you want about Baylor. If you're an Oklahoma State fan, I totally get your frustrations. But, uh, you know, we've only got one game this weekend in the Big 12, and that's Kansas and West Virginia. That's <laughs> that's what I'm most frustrated about, really. I mean, you've got one game, and it's Kansas. I mean, this is the big noon game on Fox now. What in the world? So all, all those uh, people hating on Les Miles, you were wrong. KU's got it. They're in the big noon slot now. They, they, they earned it. This. <laughs> Les Miles turned the season or the program around in just one season. Um, in all seriousness, though, this, I'm, I, I mean, I'll probably watch this game because it's the only game we've got on. But I, I don't really see um, myself being glued to the television. I'll probably be flipping around. We've got some other good games, you know, this weekend around the country, not just in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, that's all I have. To, I mean, KU is going to lose this game. The spread right now is twenty-two and a half. Um, I really haven't pondered this one too much. Um, I mean, what? I mean, this is the thing with with COVID. Kansas is going to win a game in the Big Twelve. I think they're going to do that. I don't know if it's going to be Tech, West Virginia, Baylor, a team like that, but I, I think they're going to get at least a win just because this is such a crazy season. Is this the game though? I don't think so, but I think Kansas will cover. I'm a fan of West Virginia. Excuse me, a fan of West Virginia this season, but uh, you know they're going to get the win. But I think Kansas has a chance to at least cover. Um, 22 and a half. I mean, that's three touchdowns they can still cover, so I'd have to roll with the Jayhawks there. But uh, that's, that's, that's pretty much it there for that game. Nothing else notable to speak about. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Will Howard now in um, Kansas State, Skylar Thompson, the quarterback situation. Um, and I, I know I touched on it briefly earlier, um, but I mean, you, you got a predicament here. If you're Courtney Messingham, you've got you've got a predicament on your hands, okay? He's a true freshman quarterback, and I, and I, I want to I want to make it clear once more, you know, just so there's no confusion here. I'm not trying to be critical at all. I can't make that any more clear. I'm not trying to be critical of Will Howard at all. He's young. I get it. I totally get that. I'm not trying to be critical of him at all. Okay, if you, if you agree with me saying he didn't play that well, something like that, that's totally fine. We can have a discussion about that. But I'm not trying to blast him at all. Zero. I'm, I, I'm just speaking of what I saw from him on Saturday and then the game before against Tech, okay? 
you've got a predicament because we, <laughs> we saw him throw a pretty much a boneheaded interception against TCU. Nobody was even in the area. He threw it right to a horned frog. Um, you know, we saw him make those freshman plays, right? And that's going to happen, okay? Again, not trying to bash him. That's going to happen. He's a freshman, okay? That, that, that is going to happen. But do you want to continue to do that? I mean, on the, at the same time, you know, on the other half of the argument, he made a good throw to Sammy Wheeler like we talked about earlier. That was dropped, okay? He made a great throw to Bradley Moore to set him up at the five-yard line or so. He ran the ball for, you know, he, he had an 80-yard 80, 80 run. He has weapons, Deuce Vaughn. So it, it, it's a predicament, okay? I, I see both sides to the argument. Um, I, I wish more people would understand the side that I kind of lean on and that he needs to be better, okay? You can't just be conservative and do, the, do what they did on Saturday, okay? K-State should not have won that game. They shouldn't have. TCU played like garbage. They, they won the game, sure. But Will Howard really didn't do anything to separate Kansas State in that game. The conservative, and I got, I got a lot of likes on this on Twitter. Not, not a lot, but, you know, for, for, my, for my standards, I was proud of it. You know, I, I said something along the lines of, I'm sorry, but Kansas State's not going to win this game if they continue to be conservative like this. You know, it was third and ten. And then they do a little run, you know, towards the right side for two yards. Okay, they've, they've got a—you can't be conservative in the Big 12. And I think Kansas State's going to have to start, you know, chewing up clock, you know, calling Klein-like offense, second and, you know, eight, third and two, and then first and ten. You do it all over again until you score, right? That's fine. But I don't know if that's good enough to win you games with this offense. The offensive line is— very bad for Kansas State, as we know. They've stepped up. They have stepped up in a good way. Noah Johnson, you know, they're stepping up, not trying to take away from anything they've done. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say that they're not one of the better offensive lines in the Big 12, right? I think we can, we can all say that. I don't, even, I don't even know how to word it with, with Howard. So you've got a quarterback that's been there for four years, or I guess almost four years, and he's been your main man. So he knows the playbook. <laughs> and, 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 and Kleiman said this last week that, oh, yeah, he's, you know, there's no new plays or, 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 or old plays, rather, that we're going to have to scrap out none of that. Howard knows the whole playbook. I mean, that's obviously a joke. Like, there's no way that Howard has the, the same arsenal as, as Thompson. No way. But even if they did, right, he's not as good as Thompson. He's just not. He's got a lot of potential, sure, but he's just not as good as Thompson yet, okay? And and like I said with that game um, against TCU, if you take away his his 80-yard run and you take away his, you know, the, the, his, I, I shouldn't even say his, you take away the pick six from A.J. Parker, they really didn't do much. Howard didn't do much, okay? Eight for 19, 117 yards through the air. Of, of course, he, he was a lot better on the ground. He had 86 yards and a touchdown. But, of course, 80 of those 86 were on one play. So Howard really didn't do much. I mean, he only had eight completions. He had an interception, like I said, which was kind of dumb. Um, but, th- I mean, that's to be expected. Of course, I'm not being critical of him. I can't make that any more clear. I mean, he had a 72 QBR, which really isn't that bad. Duggan had a 44. I mean, Downing came in. He had a quarterback, <laughs> a quarterback rating of 0.3, which I did not know was even 
possible, but there you have it. Uh, we saw, I, I didn't even, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention DJ Render. I just pulled up the box score just to talk about Howard. DJ Render had a few catches. Um, he only had three, but it felt like he had a bigger presence than that, which was uh, the biggest thing was just it, the surprise that, wow, DJ Render's into the game. You know, not many people expected him to play um, and have this much of a role, but young blood struggling. Malik Knowles had no catches. Things are crazy during this season, so, you know, Render's getting his opportunity and making the most of it. But like I said, only eight completions. So Moore had two catches, Vaughn had a catch, and you know Sebastian Taylor had had two. So I, I I don't even know how to necessarily word the dilemma, the predicament. You've got a good you know quarterback who you think can make plays. Why don't you let him make those plays? He made the plays, you know, to Moore. He made the eighty yard run. He had that you know long throw to Wheeler. But at the same time, he's young. Honestly, I don't know if it's necessarily about Howard as much as it, if, if it's about uh, the offensive coaching staff, really. Are they going to let him play football or are they going to be conservative? You know, I don't know. Um, I, I think I'm kind of just running in circles here. I'm beating a dead horse. Howard is not an elite quarterback by any means. You know, I don't even think he's I think he's a below average quarterback at this point in time in the Big 12. But this is really, it's working out great for Kansas State. You've got a bye week coming up here, and then you've got a game in Manhattan against Kansas. Okay, those are two weeks where you should be fine. <laughs> I don't know about the I don't know about Kansas, but the bye week you're not going to lose, right? And, and you would, and God would hope that K State can 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 get a win against Kansas, right? So that's a lot of time before their next game, you know, West Virginia for Howard. To get used to the playbook, he is the quarterback number one on this team. So that's really where what we're going to be watching for. You know, can he make the plays? Is the coaching staff going to let him air it out? You know, because also, what does the coaching staff know that we don't? You know, maybe and maybe they know he's not comfortable with making those deep balls as a true freshman. Okay, who knows? But this this situation could not have lined up any better for Kansas State. You got a bye week, and then a game against the worst team the Big 12 has almost you know, pretty much ever seen. So Howard, it, it, you know, this could not have worked out any better. I'm rooting for him 100%. I just I've not been impressed with what he's done so far. Howard didn't do much to win them the game. Take away the pick six, like I keep mentioning, it's a tie game. It goes to overtime, theoretically speaking. Okay, take away his 80-yard run. K-State probably loses that game. I don't know. I give him a lot of credit. The 80-yard run. He he busted open. He made the play. Okay, I get that. But you take away that one home run, K-State probably loses. The two home runs, K-State probably loses. And I know you can argue that with me all day because good teams find ways to win games. An excellent job by the defense with the pick six. Excellent run by Howard. I would just take this win with a grain of salt. You can't, you can't get too high on yourself after these victories. We saw K-State last year. They're 3-0 after beating Mississippi State, and then they go on the road in Stillwater and crap the bed. And then they play Baylor at home and crap the bed. So this is a game. I mean, K-State didn't crap the bed, but TCU, correct me if I'm wrong, had more yards in this game than Kansas State. They did, 342 to 289, the box score says. So, I mean, K-State won the game, but, I mean, 289 total yards is not going to win you a lot of games in the Big 12. The defense is going to have to continue to step up for this team. The D-line's been great. 
Parker's doing great at the at the at the linebacker position, but they've got to be better moving forward. Howard's got to make some improvements. I'm not trying to be critical of him, but throwing for 117 yards in the Big 12 in a game is not going to win you many games. You'll beat KU, sure. That's about it. So that's got that's kind of it for for Will Howard. I mean, we'll see what happens. Head over to Go Powercat. Hit me up on there. Let's talk about it. Um, hit us up on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast as well. Um, but to wrap up the show here, this is something that I've kind of wanted to do the last couple of weeks, but it just didn't really work out because we had a little too much to talk about. Um, but I think it's kind of it's good here to take a step back and talk about the rankings here um, in the Big 12. If you're not familiar, the 10 of 12 top 10 comes out every Monday um, on Go Power Cat, and I, I basically just go through and and, and rank each of these 10 teams in the Big 12, right? Um, this week, it's Oklahoma State followed by Iowa State. K-State's at number three. Oklahoma at number four. TCU at five. West Virginia at six. Baylor at seven. Texas down there at eight, which is awesome to see. <laughs> and then you've got Texas Tech at nine. Kansas at number 10. We'll start it off with the top. Um, again, it's, I mean, bear with me here. This is not something that I'm quite honestly used to doing here on the show. Um, who knows if this could become a thing we do every week where we go through and, and, and rank each of these teams. This could be a one-time thing. Um, let me know how you like this kind of ranking um, of the teams. Oklahoma State, we haven't seen much from them, okay? I know we've talked about that earlier, um, but you, you're, you're, trying to, you're, you're itching to try to see, you know, who, uh, who the real Oklahoma State team is. And when they get Spencer Sanders back, how, just how good can this team be, Okay. I don't think there's any dispute about who the best team in the conference is right now because that's Oklahoma State. I mean, you can't argue that. I mean, first and foremost, they're the only team who hasn't lost a game, you know, and, you know the non-conference included, of course, with Oklahoma State and K-State and Iowa State. They're, they're 3-0 on the season, 2-0 in Big 12 play. Um, but, you know, they haven't really done much. I know I said it earlier, the game against Tulsa, the game against West Virginia, those were not pretty games. West Virginia had a good chance to win that one. And then you've got the game against Baylor. It's postponed. you got the game against Kansas. That's just an easy win. Oklahoma State's at the top, but I would say that's subject to change. Of course, of course they're the front runner right now in this league. Of course. But take it with a grain of salt. Um... We don't know what's going to happen with this team, but I, I like them at number one. Number two, I like Iowa State here. And this was actually mentioned up on, on Go Power Cat today as I'm recording. Um, and I know I touched on this for just a second, but, you know, Iowa State, um, the loss to Louisiana might be a little less ugly than the loss to Arkansas State. Maybe just a little. Um, not by a lot, but, you know, I think something interesting uh, to note here, you've got Iowa State and Kansas State. They've all played... Um, but both of these teams have played the same Big 12 schedule. Okay, they've, they've played Oklahoma, TCU, and Texas Tech. K-State's won those games by a combined 20 points. Iowa State has won those games by a combined 26 points. K-State and Iowa State both beat Oklahoma by three. They both beat Texas Tech by double digits. So, I mean, those are pretty identical, right? I think you can separate that Iowa State's loss is a little less ugly then Kansas State's, I mean, I know they lost it by 16. K-State lost it by, what, three or four or five points to Arkansas State? I think it was 16 to, to Louisiana for Iowa State. But, you know, long story short here, um, 
moving forward, though, that's kind of the reason why I have Iowa State ahead of Kansas State. Okay, you've got Tier 1, which is Oklahoma State. You've got Tier 2, which is Iowa State and Kansas State, right? So, I mean, these could, these are interchangeable, so to speak. Um, if, if you're going to put K-State above Iowa State, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I have my reasons to think I, why, why, pardon me, why Iowa State is better than Kansas State at this point in time. But looking forward, Will Howard being quarterback, like I've said here on the show, that's why I think Iowa State's got the edge, just because I don't think Will Howard um, is at the level of Brock Purdy. And I don't think Brock Purdy is any sort of elite quarterback in this league. I truly don't believe that at all. But he's got experience. He's won some games. He just beat Oklahoma. You know, I, I give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt than Will Howard. So coming up here, we'll see what happens with these two teams, but don't be surprised if they change. Um, but as of right now, I like Iowa State. They're at number two, K-State number three. Move down to number four, Oklahoma. Um, they're rising back up here in my rankings. I mean, I, th- I think these this last weekend we learned a lot about the Big 12, okay? Oklahoma's not a bad team. They're not one of the best teams, for sure. But we saw K-State move to 3-0, and we saw Iowa State move to 3-0, right? So you look at Oklahoma, who are their two losses to. (laughs) You guessed it, K-State and Iowa State, who are undefeated in Big 12 play. So I'm not trying to say those two teams are elite, but then if you say, I mean, if, if you are a Kansas State fan or an Iowa State fan and you're arguing for your team to be atop the Big 12, right? Then you kind of have to admit that Oklahoma is not bad this year. As much as, as much as you want to say they're not good, um, and and say they're kind of overrated and this and that, I get that. But you you got to take a step back and look at it, okay? If you're a K State or Iowa State fan, you've got to say, yeah, Oklahoma's not bad, because their only two losses are to good teams. And if you say Oklahoma's down there at the bottom of the Big Twelve, then guess what? You're admitting that your team isn't good. <laughs> isn't good. So. Um, I put them at number four kind of for that reason because we saw that Kansas State and Iowa State are good teams. And they beat an okay Texas team. Um, You know, they looked really good in that game against Missouri State. Of course, Missouri State is not a good team at all, so I don't want to try to say they're any, anything special. But, you know, they looked good in that one. Rattler showed us that he can make some plays um, after being benched. So I like them at number four. Um, I, I mean... You've got kind of, like I said, Tier 1 and then Tier 2. Tier, I mean, it's just kind of wide open now in the Big 12. It really is. And I think Oklahoma has the most potential of these teams to make a run at the championship, besides K-State, Iowa State, and, T- and Oklahoma State, pardon me, because, I mean, they've got a good quarterback. They've got the minds of Lincoln Riley. Um, I think they've got a chance to do something. Uh, I don't know if they will. But if I'm rolling the dice here, I think Oklahoma's at number four. At number five, I like TCU. I only have them dropping one spot. Had them at four last week. Now I got them at number five. Um, And that's just because Duggan was banged up this game. I think this was more of a fluke game than anything else for TCU. They looked good against Iowa State. They beat Texas on the road. So I think TCU's momentum will will start getting – the ball will be rolled again here for TCU in the next coming weeks. They've got a bye week, but of – of course, you've got some more football to be played. Duggan can get healthy. I like TCU. I've been a big fan of them like pretty much ever since Duggan came back. I was like, wow, this team's got some potential. Of course, they didn't look good on Saturday, but they've got a lot of potential to bounce back um, and make this a season. They've only got, pardon me, I guess they've got two losses here in the Big 12, but in my mind, if you're Gary Patterson, you're telling your team we've only got one loss because that loss to, to Iowa State wouldn't have happened. In my mind, 
if Duggan played all game. So I like TCU there at number five. I like West Virginia at number six. Um, West Virginia is just kind of there, right? Uh, I don't know if we've seen much out of them. They're probably going to move to 2-1 and one in the Big 12, which is pretty good after a win against Kansas coming up here on Saturday. Of course, if that doesn't get postponed, but, um, you know, they enjoyed a bye week. Uh, you got a chance to move to 3-1 and one on the year, 2-1 and one in the Big 12. They're just kind of middle of the pack. I like what, what Deggie's doing at quarterback. I know I've, I've said that a lot on here. Um not a lot to report, though, with this West Virginia team, though. I mean, they're, they're solid. They're going to do what they've got to do. I think West Virginia, if there's one team to beat up on the bottom half but lose to the top half, that's West Virginia. They're going to win the games they're supposed to. Probably won't pull off any upsets, but they're going to do just enough to make a bowl game, um, which I don't even know the criteria for. But <laughs> if it was a normal season, they would be right around six wins um, heading into December time. I, I like Baylor at number seven. Um, they were off last weekend. They're off this week again, so we don't know much about this team. They've played two games for crying out loud. You know, they beat up on, you know, KU, but then they lose to West Virginia in a crazy game in overtime. You know, that, that game was crazy. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. If 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 that Baylor West Virginia game from two weeks ago was the Texas Oklahoma game, I, I you know you know what I'm saying here. If 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 the Name on the front of the jerseys was Oklahoma and Texas. You know, you know what I'm saying here. It would have been an instant classic. Oh, wow, talk about this one for ages. But since it was Baylor, West Virginia, no one's caring about it. But, you know, back to Baylor. We, same thing goes with Oklahoma State. We haven't seen much out of them. Um, but the loss to West Virginia certainly isn't a good sign as uh, they're without Matt Rule and Aranda's trying to get the, you know, the ship righted down there in Waco. But... I like them at number seven just because, I mean, they haven't necessarily showed us that they're going to be as bad as Kansas, but they haven't showed us that they're anything above the seventh-best team in the Big 12. So that's that's just kind of my take on Baylor. They're a fine football team, um, but we'll see what happens as the season progresses. But it's going to be quite some time before we even get to see them on the field. At number eight, which is just awesome to say, Texas, they're overrated. They're one and two now. They should be... They should be uh, one and three on the year, zero and three in the Big Twelve. If they don't get extremely lucky against Texas Tech, um, we saw their struggles on Saturday against Oklahoma. I I'm not a fan of Texas. I think Ellinger is just super overrated. He's fine. He can use his legs. I get that. He's just not that good of a quarterback. The hype. If if this was West Virginia, I made I just made this comparison with the Red River Showdown in West Virginia Baylor. Okay, if this Texas team was West Virginia. They played, everything was the same except the name was West Virginia. They would be at eight in the Big 12. They would be near the bottom if, if any ranker were to do such a thing. So that's why I have them here, okay? Just because it's Texas, there's no reason or motive or, you know, there's no reason for me to have them above eight because they haven't shown me really anything that they're a good team. I mean, they should be one in, they should, pardon me, they should be 0 and 3 right now in the Big 12. So Texas is, they're still overrated, even though they don't have much of a rating anymore because most people are kind of like waking up and being like, okay, yeah, this team isn't good. There's still some people that think that they're okay, and they're not. Texas is bottom of the half Big 12 team. I really do believe that. That's why I've got them down there at eight. Number nine, Texas Tech, they're 0-3. They're at least competing in their games. That's why they're not at number 10. Um, You know, they 
competed in the first half against Iowa State. They had a chance to beat Kansas State. They should have beat Texas, but they haven't won a game yet. So Texas is down there at number 9, sitting at 0-3 in the Big 12. And then Kansas 0-2 in the Big 12. So I guess <laughs> looking at the amount of losses there, they're ahead of Texas Tech. But, uh, uh, you know, at least they didn't lose last weekend, right? So that's a positive for Kansas. But, you know, they're number 10. Nothing's going for this team. I think they can compete against West Virginia. I don't think they're going to win, but I, I, I think that they have a chance. But I, I think it goes without saying this is the worst team in the Big 12 Conference this season. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Those are my rankings. We'll see how that goes. Let me know how you like that. Um, uh, overall, though, I mean, a fun weekend last weekend in the Big 12 Conference. That kind of wraps things up here for the 10 out of 12 podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter, at 10 of 12 podcast. OU Texas, uh, Oklahoma gets the win. 53 to 45, pardon me, against Texas. K-State 21-14 over TCU. And then 31-15, the final up there in Ames, Iowa, as the Cyclones beat up on Texas Tech. Only one game coming up this weekend, of course. That's Kansas on the road at West Virginia, 11 a.m., big noon (laughs) Um, on Fox, which still is kind of weird to say, but uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter again, at 10of12podcast. Stay up to date with everything going on around K-State Athletics as well on gopowercat.com. If you're a fan of any other team around the league, whether that be Kansas, you know, go over, check out fog.net, you know, gopokes.com with Cody Nagel there at Oklahoma State. There's a lot of things going on with the 24-7 Sports Network. Be sure to stay up to date with everything around the college football landscape in this crazy season. But other than that, I am Ryan Gilbert. Thank you so much for spending part of your day listening to this episode of the 10 of 12 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.